Have you ever looked back on something in your life and thought, man, I cannot believe I did that? I think we all have something in our life that we look back on and regret. And we wonder, why do I keep getting into these situations? I keep making these mistakes. When am I gonna learn my lesson? Well, sometimes it's because your brain is actually engaging in a behavior that is working against you. And that's what we're gonna talk about on this episode of Wonderful Life. I'm Mary Dittman. For years, I struggled with being unhappy because I'm single and I don't wanna be. But I've learned how to be happy while I'm single. If you're ready to find peace as a single woman, you're ready for a wonderful life. One of my favorite authors and teachers is Marianne Williamson, and she says, the only thing worse than man, I blew it is man, I blew it again. And I can certainly relate to that, and maybe you can as well. And that's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Wonderful Life. I'm Mary Dittman. I'm an award-winning business professor on the collegiate level and the creator of College on Fleek and Wonderful Life. Wonderful Life is my way of explaining how it feels when you've made peace with being single. I know there are a lot of women out there who are perfectly content with singleness and they don't want a relationship, but I've never felt that way. I've always wanted to be married and have a family, but I'm well over 40 and that hasn't happened for me. And for a long time, that was really a source of sadness for me because part of my definition of a fulfilled life is being a wife and a mother. But as the years went by and I saw that my singleness was not changing, I realized I just wanted to be happy and I needed to make peace with being single. Wonderful life isn't about being happy because you're single, it's about being happy while you're single. I'm not trying to get you to prefer singleness, I don't prefer it. But what I want is to be happy whether I'm single or if I'm in a relationship. Now I think we can all look back on something in our lives and think, why couldn't I see while I was in it what was going on? And that's bad enough, but then sometimes we'll get into a similar situation and we'll think, man, how did I do this again? And still not see what was happening. As a teacher, and I'm sure if you have children as a parent, and even just as a friend, many times we share our failures or our mistakes with the people we love in hopes that we can save them the pain. We tell them a cautionary tale in hopes that they'll learn from our experience. But the truth is many times we don't learn from someone else's experience because we think we're the exception. If you've ever known a woman who was involved with a married man, as an outsider in that situation, you're telling her like, listen, this is a disaster. He's not gonna leave his wife. And even if he does, how you get him is normally how you lose him. So y'all might get married, but then he may leave you too. And you're just pleading with her to see what a disaster this is. But she really thinks when she's in that situation that she's the exception. She's gonna get a happy ending from this really destructive situation. And why do we do that? It's not because we're dumb. It's usually because we have blinders on. Another one of my very favorite authors is Yonla Van Zant, and her book, in the meantime, is hands down one of my favorite books. And in, in the meantime, she says, you have to decide how many times you're willing to be a fool and then stick to that number. So if it's five times, you're gonna be a fool five times, then okay, go ahead and be a fool five times, but then just stick to that number and don't do it more than five times. 
So why do we keep trying to do the same thing over and over, hoping we're going to get a different outcome? Now, Albert Einstein said that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. But I've done this. I would look at my girlfriends who had met men who were very recently separated or not through the divorce process yet, and then bam, as soon as the divorce was final, they got married. Now, every time I did that, I'd get a terrible result. Usually one of two things would happen. One, he would just be using me as a rebound, and then he'd marry the very next woman he dated after me. Or two, the soon-to-be ex-wife would learn about me and get jealous and then want him back and he'd go back to her. So I never had a good result from dating someone who was separated and not yet divorced. And yet I kept trying it. Why? My brain was working against me. And that's what I want to share with you today. The same thing that makes social media addictive or gambling itself addictive is the same thing that keeps us going through these negative situations time after time. It's called variable interval conditioning. And that's a term in psychology. It was um, formulated by a psychiatrist and he was doing some testing. And the testing was he had a pigeon. And so obviously you can train a pigeon that if it presses a lever and it gets a food pellet, then it learns that if I press the lever, I get the food pellet. You can train a lot of different animals to do that, okay? That's part of what Pavlov was doing with his dog. He trained the dog that every time the bell rang, the dog would start to salivate because the dog knew that's a regular interval conditioning. Every time the bell rings, I'm getting food. Variable interval conditioning, what he would do is it was completely random that whenever the pigeon pushed down the lever, Sometimes it would get a food pellet and sometimes it wouldn't. What happened is that the pigeon was acting as if it was thinking, which I'm, I don't know what pigeons think, but it was as if the pigeon was thinking, okay, well, maybe the next time, maybe the next time, maybe the next time. Oh, look, I got a food pellet. And so literally the pigeon would exhaust itself pressing the, the lever trying to get food because of the variable, it never knew when the food was going to come out. It's a variable interval. It's not like every five times or every two times or anything like that. And that is what hooks us on social media and gambling. Now, I lived in Nevada for a number of years and I support legalized gaming, but it is addictive. And all gaming is, but slot machines can be particularly addictive because you're just sitting there and Usually the slot machines are programmed to give you some kind of a win at some point and you'll see people sitting at the slot machine like they'll sit down, they might hit a decent win and they will sit there and they'll keep rolling the dials because they think that I just know it, that big win is on the way. That's variable interval conditioning because you're going to keep spinning those reels because you never know when you're going to hit the jackpot. As with social media, the reason we get addicted to scrolling is we don't know when, but at some point in that scroll, we're going to see something that makes us feel good. So we get a little dopamine hit and it could be anything. It could be a cute picture of someone's child or a funny meme or a cat video or some piece of gossip or drama. 
And, but we never know where that's gonna be. So that's why we scroll is because your brain doesn't know. Like if you just knew, okay, if every, every fifth post you just you just go one two three four five. Let me look at that one two three four five. I mean, that's not a big deal. But the reason it's addictive is because your brain doesn't know when that dopamine hit is coming, and it's driving you to keep doing it. Like keep going. I want that dopamine hit. And this is what gets us in trouble in dating, because we think, well, if I just hang in there, it's going to work out. And this can be particularly dangerous when you're dating someone, and a lot of women experience this, where things are really great at the beginning. It might be for three months, but frequently it's less than that. The first month or two, everything's great, and then it starts to go downhill. And a lot of women think, well, if I just hang in there, and if I just keep trying, and if I just really show him how great I am, it will go back to when he was so nice to me and so loving towards me. And that's variable interval conditioning. And then like every now and then he'll give you a compliment or he'll be loving or he'll be sweet. And you think like, see, it's working. But you don't know any kind of pattern. Is it because you cooked him his favorite meal? Is it because it was a Tuesday? Is it because it was raining? You don't know. So you keep jumping through hoops hoping that you're going to get that, in this case, usually oxytocin and dopamine hit, which makes you feel happy and loved. And so you just keep, you're pressing the lever. That's what you're doing. You're just pressing the lever and you're hoping he's going he's gonna to feel that way about me like he did in the beginning. I mentioned that I do support legalized gaming. Now, I don't have a problem with gaming or gambling. Some people have an addiction in that area and it is serious. I don't. I mean, when I was in college and I was living in Nevada, every Sunday when I would go to the grocery store, to buy my groceries, of course, I would pay cash and I would take whatever change I got, the quarters, and I'd play the slot machine in the grocery store. And grocery store slots are really good because they're pretty loose. And I would, every week, I would win enough money as a college student to do my laundry. Now today, when I'm going to a casino anywhere, I see it as entertainment. So I take with me whatever amount of money that I wanna spend on my entertainment. Now I don't drink. So when I'm in a casino, the things that are entertainment to me are going to be things like gambling or shopping at one of the shops, you know. So I, I see it as I'm just gonna spend money to have fun. The same way that I would take $20 to go see a movie and be entertained, I might take $20 to the casino. It's just entertainment, see how long I can get it to last. The amount of money I take with me is what I am comfortable losing because it is true that the house always wins. And you better plan, if you're going to gamble, you better plan that you can lose that money. So I take whatever amount I'm comfortable with. If it's going to be $50, then I say, okay, tonight I'm spending $50. I'm, I'm probably not coming home with $50. It's just like at the mall. I might take $50 and maybe I don't find anything and I come home with my $50. The casino, much more likely I don't come home with the $50. And the reason for that is when it comes to gaming, I work on probability, not possibility. Is it possible that I'll hit the mega bucks jackpot slot machine payout? Sure, I could win a million dollars in a slot machine. Is that possible? Sure, but it's not probable. And what I learned is that in dating, I wasn't working on probability, I was working on possibility. 
And there's a quote several times in the Bible where it says, with God, all things are possible. And I do believe that. However, with God, all things are not necessarily probable. Is it possible that on a first date with someone, they might end up being the person that you get married to and spend the rest of your life with? Yeah, that's possible. But what's probable is that in about 12 months, you're gonna regret that. And besides, if it's really meant to be, what's the harm in getting to know somebody over a 12 month period? If you're in your 40s like I am, then you probably enjoyed watching Sex in the City back in the day. And when the Sex in the City movie, the first one came out, um, Carrie and Mr. Big are going to get married and he gets cold feet and basically strands her at the altar. And the, the movie is about that whole situation. And it's so romantic and we all think like, oh, you know, they, they end up together, it's so wonderful. But here's the problem. In real life, men don't need 10 years to realize you're the one. Now, they might take 10 years to settle for marrying you because they figure, well, it's better than nothing. But a man doesn't need 10 years and then all of a sudden wake up and go, oh my gosh, she's the one for me. That is fiction, that is fantasy. Is it possible? Sure, you could put 10 years into a relationship being the best girlfriend that you could possibly be and it is possible that he will wake up one day and go, oh my gosh, I've got to marry her. But what's probable is that he's not going to have that experience. Probable that he will either leave or two, he may, you know, stick around because better than nothing and you're a decent cook and he's lazy and he doesn't want to go through the hassle of finding a new woman. And this is why I say, don't let Hollywood set your expectations. Now back to variable interval conditioning. It's really addictive and you get these highs and then the low and then the high and then the low. And some people really love that. They really like the highs and the lows. I've had girlfriends who really like that. I've had guy friends who really like that. And some will say that they don't, but they, they actually do. And some will tell you, yeah, it's, I kind of don't mind it. Like one friend of mine, I said, you know, it was a male friend. And I said, this woman has got you on this up and down roller coaster. I mean, I'm exhausted just hearing about it. Aren't, aren't you tired of this up and down? And he said, no, I don't mind it. Okay. But that's why we get into these up and down situations and we stay there. And that's why I say part of a wonderful life to me is a feeling of peace. And so I don't like the crazy up and down, like he loves me. I don't know how he feels about me. No, he loves me. Oh no, I'm, I'm not sure if we're breaking up. I don't like that because I don't feel safe in that situation. Now, the cool thing is that you can do whatever you wanna do, but now maybe you'll understand a little bit about why you're in these situations that you keep thinking it's gonna get better. Number one, you might be in what I call exception mindset, like, well, but I'm the one. It can work out for me. Number two, you're addicted to that variable interval conditioning. Number three, you're playing possibilities, not probabilities. I believe that a wonderful life is based on following the process for your life and following God's plan and not on playing odds. And the reason is that, sure, I'm okay with losing $50 in the casino, but 
I really don't want to gamble with my heart anymore. The price is too high. But I want to know what you think. Wonderful Life is a dialogue, not a monologue, and I want to hear from you. I have a question for you. Have you ever gambled with your heart? And put that in the comments and let us know how you feel about this. Now, if you're dealing with some heartbreak, you might want to get my ABCs of Healing. It's totally free. And you can get that right here at bit.ly forward slash ABCs of Healing. We post a new blog every Friday at wonderfullife.com and you might want to get on our mailing list so you can get our newsletter. And if you like my Wonderful Life t-shirt, that's something new. Just click on the shop button at wonderfullife.com. Got a bunch of cool merchandise there for you. And thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.